Good morning, everyone. I'd like to welcome you back to our City Builders online service this morning. Uh, in introduction this morning, it's been declared prophetically that we have entered into an, ex, uh, an incredible new era in God. That has been a prophetic word that's been spoken by different prophetic words uh, around the nation and the nations and even from this pulpit earlier this year. This is the time set by God for his incredible plans in the nations to go to another level. Sometimes we can look around the nations and we can see certain things happening and they're quite a surprise to us. But if we have the eyes of the Spirit and if the eyes of our understanding are open, we can see that God is doing something quite different. And in this era, that is something very powerful, something great. God is indeed shaking the nations and he is calling the nations to return to him. Psalm 126 talks about uh, incredible seasons in God that have happened in the past. And we believe that these seasons will emerge again in the future. And I believe that the time is right now. I just wanted to read to you before we pray from Psalm 126. And it says, When the Lord brought back the captivity of Zion, we were like those who dream." Then our mouth was filled with laughter and our tongue with singing. And they said among the nations, the Lord has done great things for them. The Lord has done great things for us and we are glad. Bring back our captivity, O Lord, as the streams in the south. Those who sow in tears shall reap in joy. He who continually goes forth weeping, bearing seed for sowing, shall doubtless come again with rejoicing, bringing his sheaves with him. This talks about a season in God that is dawning upon us right now as we speak. This morning, wherever we are, we just want to gather together, gather our hearts and pray to welcome God into our midst this morning. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this morning. For all those that are listening in, we thank you especially for your people, your church, not only here in this locality, but in every voice, every home, every city, every region, and even the nations, wherever you find those whose heart is completely for you. Father, I pray this morning that you would release upon your people, especially in this place, another dimension of the spirit of wisdom and revelation. I pray that the eyes of our understanding would be opened, that we might know what is the incredible hope of our calling, the calling that you have for us during this time. Father, I thank you that we are living in the days where you are going to restore the fortunes of Zion. While these may be challenging times, and no doubt are for many, I declare this morning that these are the beginning of great days these are the days of his power. Father, we welcome you here right now in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. And everybody said, I've been talking about God's master plan for the transformation. And this week I'm, I'm, is the second part of the message, Rediscovering Truth. Uh, I opened last week by uh, reading this scripture from Habakkuk chapter 1 verse 5 and it says look among the nations and watch and be utterly astounded for I will work a work in your days which you would not believe 
even if I were, even if I told you. That's Habakkuk chapter 1 verse 5. And I believe this amazing thing that God is doing throughout the planet and throughout uh, our midst right now is to do with the restoration of truth the rediscovery and the restoration of truth in this generation. Let's read from the scripture, John chapter 1, verse 1 this morning. And it says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. This is talking about the Lord Jesus Christ himself. It goes on to say, All things were made through him, and without him... Nothing was made that was made. Verse 3, In him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shone in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. Verse 14, And the word became flesh and dwelled amongst us, and we beheld his glory. The glory as of, uh, as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. And that describes the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. So this morning we're talking about rediscovering truth. And this is something that is very important, that we understand what the truth is and that our lives are locked in and that we are building our future, not on half-truths, but we are building our life on the absolutes that God has set in his word. I wanted to start by giving you a definition of the word truth, straight out of the dictionary. So A, this one is straight out of the dictionary. It says, that which is true in accordance with fact or reality. In other words, truth is that which is true in accordance with fact or reality. And B, this is the definition of biblical truth. The truth that is established and set in place by God. This is the highest order. God himself is the absolute truth. And the appearance of Jesus on the earth was a manifestation in the earthly culture of the highest and purest form of truth. It was a divine invasion into society. In other words, when God became a man, when the word became flesh and dwelled amongst us, it was a divine invasion into society. It was an invasion of the truth. And it was so powerful, this invasion, as the scripture says, the light shone into the darkness, but the darkness couldn't comprehend it. And this is talking about what the truth is that God has set in motion the truth as God sees it and says it and how sometimes we human people perceive truth to be. It was an invasion of truth. And I believe right now in this era, part of this exciting new era that is dawning upon us as we speak is there is going to be another invasion of truth into the earth. Uh, this was a total reset and uh, it was a reset of the calendar into BC and to AD. So time recognises this great reset. And here we are in 2020 and we are talking about another great reset. Uh, this time when Jesus set, set foot into the nations, when God became a man, when the word became flesh and dwelled amongst us, it reset 
and recalibrated the nations and set the nations on a different course. So this is um, really what we're praying for and asking for this morning, that we would be able to rediscover truth. You know, especially for the younger ones that are in our midst this morning, I want you to know that there is only one way that you can build your future, and that is on the um, absolutes that Jesus has set in motion on the earth. So we must learn to love, to value, to pursue and promote truth in our generation. Going back, A, this is, which is true in accordance with fact or reality, and B, the truth that is established and set in place by God. You know, there can be a bit of a gap there in our own minds and in our own experience, but these two things have got to be come together uh, because this is what God wants. He wants us to build our lives well. He wants us to build our future well. He wants us to build our church well. He wants us to do what we do and flourish in the future. He wants us to build our lives on a secure foundation. And there is none other than the rock himself, the Lord Jesus Christ. So we must value, we must love, we must pursue and promote truth in our generation. I uh, uh, want to give you a modern day example of this. And this is a man... Zacharias. I just listened to a, uh, a little message a couple of days ago and it was an a, uh, interview between Eric Metaxas and Ravi Zacharias who was a great Indian apologist who passed away just this year, to, uh, 2020. And he was like a modern uh, you know, uh, day example of many of the leaders that have gone by. Recently, you know, we, we've been talking about the importance for the Josephs, the Daniels, and the Elijahs of this generation to come forth. They are, these are the men and women, these are the leaders who carry uh, not only the spirit of excellence, but an excellent spirit these are the ones who value truth, who are custodians of the truth and are able to make truth known to this generation. And Ravi Zacharias, he grew up, he found the Lord uh, as a young man and he says from the day that he found the Lord that he began to pursue the truth. He began to pursue meaning. And you know, what we need really is an inquiring nature that looks further than what we see and begins to look to God so that we can discover truth and we can discover our own meaning. So this is a wonderful thing. Now we need to uh, love, pursue, value and promote truth in this generation. And here's a couple of reasons. Firstly, a healthy, enduring society can only be built on the highest and purest truth. You can never build a relationship on half-truths. You can never build a marriage on half-truths. We, we can never build enduring friendships on half-truths. So a healthy, enduring society can only be built on the highest and purest truth. In other words, the truth that God has set at work in the, in the uh, nations. The humanistic culture that we live in has progressively negotiated on truth. It is now almost developed an immunity to truth. This is what our society is like. Society is now passively accepting a far lower standard 
than is necessary for survival. This atmosphere is fertile for ambitious and non-integrous individuals, uh, companies and especially in this time political movements to advance their cause and push their hidden agendas. This is what we call humanism. And the humanistic culture that we live in now has become resistant to truth. But we're going to turn that around and we're going to see our God turn that around. By the way, humanism has been around since the very beginning. When you look at the scripture in the book of Genesis, it talks about how God placed two trees in the garden. The tree of life. This represents truth. This represents the purest form of truth. This represents the tree that we need to be able to accessing to live our life the way that I'm talking about. And secondly is the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. This is the tree that represents humanism in the garden. See, we can follow one or the two. And sometimes we can, you know, people sort of have confusion because they have a mixture of the two. But Jesus said, you eat of the tree of life. You don't eat of the tree of knowledge of good and evil. And the serpent came and he began to challenge what God had said. Now, this is the introduction of humanism into the human race. And this is where we need to build up our own immunity to that which is not of God. We need to be able to build our lives in such a way that we can test what is coming to us. The value of truth, once compromised, is then minimised and the national drift from the secure moorings that have been like an anchor affect every strata of society. In my lifetime, the culture has dramatically changed. So everything changes when truth is compromised, when our governments compromise truth, when our churches compromise on truth, there is something that is set in motion that is not good for society. Social life, education, media, family life, and even the law and the judiciary are affected when a society begins to drift. The status of freedom is put at risk. And this is why us, why we as a church and the people of God all over the nation and particularly the young ones that are coming up and coming through need to develop a love for the truth. We need to desire truth. Like I, the scripture from Psalms last week that I read, it says you desire truth on the inward parts. In other words, when God looks at us, he wants to see this passion for truth. He wants to see this love for truth because this is the way that we need to build our future. So it's really important to pursue truth because the status of freedom is put at risk when we begin to compromise on the truth of God's word. You will not understand the true living, the true value of living in a free society until that status is lost. And I really believe this is why this message is so important because now we are a nation at the crossroads. Many churches are at the crossroads. 
And this is a time where this reset can be a blessing or it can be a real problem. It depends how we move forward from here. So we need to pursue love, um, pursue truth, uh, value truth, and develop truth and build our life in truth. You know, those who maintain the highest priority of speaking the truth in a society that no longer values truth make themselves a prey. And that is Isaiah 59 verse 14 and 15. The value of truth once compromised is then minimised and the national drift from the, more, the secure moorings that have been like an anchor affect every area, every strata of society. For example, when truth is compromised, it eventually um, affects the social strata of a society. It affects the education system. It affects the media. And even the law and the judiciary become affected. This is really important for your generation, this rising generation, to understand what truth is and to pursue it with everything on the inside of you. We must know the truth. The status of freedom is put at risk when truth is compromised at any level because there is a link between, between truth and freedom and there is a link between deception and confinement and imprisonment. So those who maintain the highest priority of speaking the truth in a society that has drifted from truth, according to Isaiah 59 verse 14, make themselves a prey. To rebuild societies, truth must be found again. It must be rediscovered. This is what the Lord says in Jeremiah chapter 6 verse 16. It's an instruction to the people. Stand at the crossroads and look. Ask for the ancient paths. Ask where the good way is and walk in it. And I really believe this is how our society, this is how the nations are right now, that we are at the crossroads. Do you know what the nation of Israel was at the crossroads 2,000 years ago? And Jesus came into the earth. Jesus was manifest. The Son of God was made manifest and some received and some rejected. And today we are like that. You know, some are pursuing truth and others are happy to be content with something that is other than the truth, something less than the truth. But to rebuild society, truth must be found again. It must be rediscovered. Now, I've got a question this morning that all of us need to answer. And that is the question that must be answered in this culture that has exchanged the truth for a lie is where do you go to discover the truth? Where do we go? You know, when marriages become devalued, when family life has become devalued, when the trajectory of a society is going a certain direction, where do we go? Do we go to the world? Do we go to the counsellors of the day? Well, I think counsellors can be very helpful, but if you are in a crisis, you need, to, you need to see someone who at least is able to bring the counsel of God to you. So where do we go? Do we go to the education system? Do we go to the media? 
Do you know what? Right now, one of the biggest industries in the world is the fake news media. Fake news is big business. And it always has been because, you see, over the last couple of weeks, we've been talking about the serpent. We've been talking about the spirit realm, the spirit of the age. And the kingdom of darkness is entirely built on lies. And here the word says that Jesus came into the world as a light, but the darkness could not comprehend it. See, truth, when it comes, it clashes with darkness and something has got to give way. And the best way to deal with the lies is to speak the truth. The best way to deal with darkness is to turn on the light. Jesus was an intervention of truth into society. And the truth can only, the, the basic truth on which we are to build our life can only be found in the person of Jesus. He promised that the Father would send the Spirit of truth and we must receive the Spirit of truth. Jesus was full of grace and truth. John chapter uh, uh, 1 verse 14. Jesus was full of grace and truth and so can you be. So can I be. I can be full of grace and full of truth. These are two very important ingredients that we need to bring together because grace ministers truth to a society without judgment. It's not our job to judge. It is our job to speak forth the truth like a light coming into the darkness. So he promised that the Father would send the truth and we need to receive it. Our lives must become founded and transformed by the truth. I've just got a couple of points that I want to highlight to you and firstly I want to read from uh, Revelation chapter 3 verse 20 and it says this, Behold I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door I will come into him, I will dine with him and uh, him with me. This is Revelation chapter 3 where Jesus uh, through the Holy Spirit, is talking to the seven churches in the book of Revelation. And he's talking here to the church, and he's challenging the church to open the door because he wants to come in. And I really believe that right now, during this time, God is knocking on the door of the church, and he's saying, let me in. You know, imagine that, that Jesus on the outside knocking to get into his own church. But that here is the picture that the Bible is depicting. So God is coming to the church. Now let's talk about this, this important thing of truth. When Jesus comes, firstly, when he comes to the church, he will come as the spirit of truth. In John chapter 16, verse 6, he says, It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I don't go away, the helper will not come to you. But, I'll, but if I depart from you, I will send him to you. This is the first place where Jesus promises to his disciples that after he is gone, that he would send another helper. And the helper is none other than the Holy Spirit. 
The first time that the Holy Spirit was released in His fullness was in the upper room in the, uh, uh, you know, in the, uh, on the day of Pentecost. And this is the birthplace of the church. So this is the promised Holy Spirit. This is the Spirit of the living God poured out in the upper room. Now everybody, every one of us needs an upper room experience in their life. You know, I want to ask you this morning, have you had an experience like that? Because Jesus walked the earth with his disciples and he said, I've got to go, but I'm going to pray to the Father, I'm going to ask the Father and he is going to send you the helper. And on the uh, day of Pentecost, in the upper room, the Holy Spirit was released. Prior to that, the Holy Spirit came upon Jesus uh, but, but this is where the Holy Spirit has come upon the church, his body on the earth. And it's amazing because, you see, the Spirit of God can come on us and, and in, in such a transformational way. This is the Spirit of the living God poured out in the upper room. And I want you to know this morning that the Holy Spirit is available to you. He's knocking on the door of your life and he wants you to begin to look for him because he wants you to be one who pursues the truth. You know, don't be happy with something that looks like the truth, sounds like the truth. We need the spirit of truth to come into our life. So firstly, when he comes to the church, he's going to come as the spirit of truth. Now, you need your upper room experience. Do you know what? Those ones that were in the upper room, when the Holy Spirit was, uh, was poured out, were so different to people who were on the outside. You know, it was miraculous that God came into that very room. You know, Jesus said of himself, he said, I am the way, the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except by me. Now Jesus, following his death and resurrection on the cross, has ascended into heaven and he is interceding to the Father and he's saying to the Father, now would you send the Holy Spirit? Would you send the promise? And this is the game changer. Do you know what? I believe that we have been content to let the Holy Spirit say on the outside. So now in this era, he's got to come and knock on the door and say, can I come in? And each one of us needs to do this individually. Individually, every day, we need to give the Holy Spirit a fresh invitation into our life. And we need to look for this upper room experience. Now, you know, we're not going to have an upper room experience every day where there are tongues of fire come, but we can have an everyday meeting with the Holy Spirit. We can have everyday uh, communication with the Holy Spirit. We can have an everyday, uh, you know, infilling of the Holy Spirit, and he is available for us. So every one of us needs an upper room experience, and it's really important because we cannot finish the work that God has given us until that happens. Amen? Amen? Number two, when he comes, he will lead us into all truth. This is wonderful, particularly in an era like this that has now deprioritized the truth. You know, corruption and deception is big business. 
And, you know, we look at what's happening in different parts of the world, even in the election. In America, you would not know what the truth is. But here the Scripture is saying that when He comes, He will guide you or lead you into all truth. I want you to say this after me this morning. When He comes and when He lives on the inside of me, He will lead me. He will guide me into all truth. That is the promise of the Word. You know, there's no excuses because God has made His Holy Spirit available. He has made the Spirit of truth available. So we need to, you know, pursue truth, love truth, value truth, but in particular we need the Spirit of truth that is going to lead us into all truth. You know, facts can be gathered, education can be gained, but the Holy Spirit can reveal things to us. Let me tell you, the man or the woman of, of or the man or the woman who has a revelation that is given by God is never at the mercy of one who has a philosophy or an opinion. You know, in our day, you don't have to get go far to uh, to hear opinions. You know, uh, they're coming at you. You know, there's uh, all sorts of voices in this generation, but there is the voice of the Spirit. And we really need to understand that because this is the promise. When He comes, He will lead you into all truth. God is taking me into all truth. God is restoring His church in the realm of truth. So, you know, uh, it's like a thing that happens, you know, when you receive Christ into your life, the spirit of truth comes into your life, but as you you walk with him, he begins to lead you into all truth. Is that all right? So now the Holy Spirit has taken residence in you. You know, he's on the inside now. I'm a, a temple of the Holy Spirit, and the spirit of truth lives in me. So as we begin to work and walk together, we begin to move forward and we are guided into all truth. The Holy Spirit is living on the inside of you and you are a witness to it. You know, one of the things in Acts chapter 1-8, it says, but you shall receive uh, power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you shall be my witnesses. Say that after me, you shall be uh, my witnesses. I am his witness. I am a witness to the truth. I am a witness to the fact that Jesus is risen from the dead. I I am a witness to the fact that Jesus lives in me. As it says in Romans chapter 8, that the Spirit bears witness that we are children of God. So number three, when he comes, when he comes, he will reveal the truth that we need to know. Amen? The Holy Spirit on the inside of our hearts is the greatest resource and our greatest ally. He provides access to what we need to know now. I tell you, it pays to be tuned into the Holy Spirit. And, uh, and this is uh, really important. The more and more that our world goes crazy, you need to make sure that you are tuned into the Holy Spirit. I have a very uh, dear friend, Pastor Shea Oluwasola, 
who, uh, who is well known to all the people in our church as he visits here uh, occasionally to bring the word. Uh, Pastor Shay uh, did a lot of his ministry in a place called Kano in northern Nigeria. Now, just so uh, you, know, uh, you know where that is, that is the heartland of Boko Haram, which are the radical extreme uh, Islamics. And there's been much bloodshed in that part of the world. But at one stage, uh, you know, this is where I really admire Pastor Shea because uh, he has been on the front lines uh, as a pastor in an environment for that for more than 10 years. But at one stage, the Holy Spirit said to him, move, leave, uh, and go and find another house. In other words, the Holy Spirit spoke to him. And this is where we need a workable relationship with the Holy Spirit. So he just obeyed. But it was not long after that that the radicals came for him and his family. But he had been obedient. The house was burnt to the ground. Now, if he had not picked up what the Holy Spirit was saying, he could really have been a victim. And this is where every one of us during these times, we need to be tuned into the Holy Spirit. Amen? We need a real relationship with the Holy Spirit. We need a, a workable relationship with the Spirit of Truth because He's going to let us know what we need to know now. There's a couple of good scriptures about this in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9. It says, I has not seen nor has ear nor has entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those that love him, but God has revealed them to us through his Spirit. Amen? So God is able to talk to us. He's able to reveal things to us. He is able to tell us what we need to know now. He's able to open doors for us. He is able to lead us in such a way that dangerous and negative circumstances can be averted. See, the Holy Spirit, according to the Scripture, is a present help in time of need. God is here. God is leading us. God is guiding us. So number three, when He comes, He will reveal the truth that we need to know. Number four, when He comes, He will release us into a greater dimension of liberty. So in Romans chapter 8, verse 21, it says, the whole of the creation is groaning and laboring. And, will, uh, and uh, you know, it talks about how it will eventually be released into the glorious liberty of the sons of God. This is the point this morning. The more truth that we are able to receive into our own life, the more liberty we will experience on the inside. Something we must realize, there is an incredible connection between truth and liberty. Jesus came to set the captives free. And the scripture says you will know the truth in John chapter 8. You will know the truth and the truth will set you free. I tell you, Jesus came into the earth to destroy the work of the evil one. Now, you don't have to go far to see the work of the evil one. Depression is the work of the evil one. Poverty is the work of the evil one. Sickness is the work of the evil one. 
Oppression is the work of the evil one. But Jesus came into the earth to set the captives free. How does this happen? When you get a revelation of the truth. Amen. When it becomes personal to you, God can set you free. The best thing that we can ever learn to do is learn to be responsive to the Holy Spirit because that is the pathway to freedom. Learn to yield to him. Learn to hear his voice. You know, learn to understand the ways of the Holy Spirit. You know, learn to let him move you one way or the other. You know, sometimes we are so set on our direction, but the Holy Spirit wants to lead us. Why? Because he wants to bring you to this place of liberty. You know, it's really uh, quite amazing to look at some of the churches throughout the nations that are living under oppressive government. Yet when you hear the hearts of the believers, they have this obvious liberty on the inside. You know, we're, it's been amazing. We have, uh, for all of the post-war period, lived in what we call a free country. But when you go to those nations, you see a people that are really free because they've learnt what freedom is. Freedom is something that must happen on the inside. You know, God wants to set us uh, free into the glorious liberty of the sons of God. You know, it's coming to that place of really being a son and a daughter of God so that we can experience liberty. The scripture says in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, wherever the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Liberty is my inheritance. Liberty is your inheritance. Amen. Jesus is knocking on the door. He's coming back into the church and what we need to do is open the door so that when he comes in, when he comes in, he will release you into a greater dimension of liberty. There is a strong connection between liberty and truth. And there is a connection between deception and the lies that are being per, uh, perpetrated in society and enslavement. But see, Jesus is the truth. And the scripture says in John chapter 8, you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Amen? So this is what we need to know. Number five this morning, when he comes, he will reveal the truth that we need for the future. Romans chapter 8, verse 14, it says, For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. The best thing that we can ever do is learn to be responsive to the Holy Spirit. Amen? He will open the way to the next level. We are not an ordinary church. We are a church that's going after the next level. Now, I want to tell you how we get there. We respond to the Holy Spirit. When the Holy Spirit is speaking, we say, Amen. Amen. We say, Yes. We say, Let me at it. We say, I'm in. And this is how we need to respond to God. See, sometimes we think too long and the moment is gone. So how do we respond to God? We, we need to uh, you know, be able to know what God's saying and to quickly say yes to Him. I really believe that the key to this generation is that we become a responsive generation, responding to 
the Holy Spirit and things will begin to open up. Number six this morning, when he comes, the church will become the pillar and representation of the truth. Uh, I preached on this a couple of weeks ago and it is in Philippians chapter 1 verse 6 and it says, being confident of this very thing that he who began a good work will bring it to completion until the day of the Lord Jesus Christ. So what happens is you start by receiving him. You know, 41 years ago, I received the Lord into my life. And you know, I was sort of spasmodic in the way that I followed him. I was in and then I was out. I was in and then I was out. But gradually, I learned to follow him. See, it starts by receiving him and you become a child. But then you begin to realize that you are a new creation. And this is what it says in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. It says, but we are his workmanship, created in Christ for good works. You see, we're not just created to be a child. We're created for good works. And God is doing something on the inside. God is taking us further. So he begins to make you until you become a replica of him. You know, it's, it's not like we look exactly like him, but on the inside, our spirit is becoming transformed. So number five, when Jesus is knocking on the door, when he comes in, the church will become a pillar and presentation, a, a pillar and representation of truth. Do you know what? Where will people go for truth? You know, will they tur turn on the TV and hope that they hear the truth? You know... I tell you, people have got to find the truth, but we have first. We have first. So number seven this morning is when he, the Holy Spirit, comes, Jesus will be made known to the nations. And this is really our heart and our belief that in this incredible season ahead, that Jesus is going to be lifted above the nation once again. We long to see him lifted up and we long to see him glorified for who he is. And this morning we declare that he is Lord. Do you know there is a verse in the Bible and it is in Romans chapter 10 verse 9. And it says, if any man uh, believes in his heart that uh, God raised him from the dead and confesses that Jesus Christ is Lord, he will be saved. And this morning I just want to offer you this incredible opportunity to open the doors of your life. Jesus said, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man or any woman hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and I will live in him. And that is God's promise to you. So this morning we are going to pray and I, I just want to lead you in prayer. If you would like to follow me, uh, that would be absolutely incredible. So just pray after me. Dear Heavenly Father, I know that I am a sinner and I ask for your forgiveness. I believe in Jesus Christ, that he is Lord and that he is your son. I believe that he died for my sin and that you have raised him from the dead to life. I decide today to trust him as my saviour. And I will do all that I can to follow him all the days of my life. 
Lord God, guide my life and help me to do your will. I pray this in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen. So once again, we just really want to thank you for being with us this morning and uh, we pray that you just have a wonderful day and enjoy this week and uh, really want to encourage you to go on your search, uh, to grow in truth and to rediscover truth. Amen.